Well, today marks the first international Stomach Cancer Awareness Day. It, it had been in Canada for quite a while, uh, but uh, it involves lighting up monuments. That's happened in this country, a little bit in the U.S. And now, as of today, on this November the 30th, it also happened overseas, uh, specifically in Italy, but also in the U.K., so if you noticed a monument in your uh, backyard this time, uh, this tonight in either the Canada, in Canada or either the U.S. or elsewhere, uh, lit up in periwinkle blue, now you know why. It's uh, to raise awareness about stomach cancer. It's all part of this campaign, really to encourage people to find out more about a form of cancer that's quite common around the world and particularly deadly. And it's not talked about that much. It also doesn't get that much funding because of that. Um, this year alone, about 4,100 Canadians will be diagnosed. Uh, about 2,000 will die, an increase of 18% in those diagnosed from 2017. Um, and it was because there was so little known about it and so few resources out there for people diagnosed with stomach cancer that two women joined forces uh, several years ago to start something called My Gut Feeling, uh, the My Gut Feeling Stomach Cancer Foundation Foundation of Canada to be complete. Um, again, after her own diagnosis more than a decade ago, and when she found there was few resources very little support, almost no information out there. Uh, Teresa Tiano co-founded this group. Uh, again, it is a volunteer-run Canadian nonprofit foundation supporting patients, survivors, and caregivers affected by stomach cancer. And on this Stomach Cancer Awareness Day, uh, Teresa Tiano, co-chair and founder of our co-founder and chair of My Gut Feeling, joins me now from Montreal. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me, Ben. You know, I, I was reading through uh, interviews that you've done in the past, your story, and and realizing just how little a lot of us know about stomach cancer and just how common it is. So here in North America, it is not considered as common. I believe here in Canada, it's the 14th, you know, in, in sort of like the, the top 10 or that it's 14th. So it's not considered as common. But internationally, it is actually the, I believe, the fourth or fifth leading cause of cancer-related deaths inter like in the world. This year alone, 4,100 people will be diagnosed with it, and in about 2,000 will succumb to it. Right. And I can imagine, I mean, in your case, it goes back about a decade now, but as you've talked about in the past, just an absolutely life-altering diagnosis, and one that really does, I don't know if there's a better way of putting it, but really does sneak up on you. It does sneak up on you. I was completely asymptomatic, so... You know, they the, the symptoms that they tell you to look for uh, are very indicative of stomach cancer, but can be misdiagnosed for something else are things like acid reflux, weight loss when you're not really trying to lose weight, a change in your digestive working, let's say, if you get full very easily, if you feel nauseous after eating. So those are certainly the signs, but they're also the signs of other, not ailments. diseases, but ailments, other right, ailments yeah. like mm -hmm. ulcers and and irritable bowel syndrome. It's quite sneaky. And usually by the time it is detected, usually t detected at a later stage, which is uh, what makes it so lethal. Yeah, as was the case with you. I mean, you survived, but it did, it did demand a huge change mm -hmm. in the way in the way you live, right? Yes, I was actually one of the luckier ones. I, w I was diagnosed at stage 2B uh, 11 years ago. And 11 years ago, though, stage 2B really only had a 30% chance of a five-year survival. You know, I, w I was one of the lucky ones. They 
did uh, remove 80% of my stomach. They did that laparoscopically. So it was a minimally invasive surgery. And so my actual physical recovery from surgery, and I mean that very pointedly, so my physical recovery from surgery was not as bad as an open surgery. However, losing 80% of your stomach is pretty much like losing all of your stomach. You have very little to work with. It changes your life because basically you lose the organ that is in charge of digesting and, you know, providing the nutrients and, you know, it's the stomach. Everything goes through the stomach. Yeah, it, no, it, 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 It's the one that absorbs the, the nutrients and the nutrition. And then, you know, it goes through the different intestines and all of that and goes through your system. So once you lose that, eating becomes incredibly difficult. And it, it's basically like learning how to eat as if you were a baby. Right. I imagine the impacts of that are something you'll live with uh, for good. Yes, pretty much. It does get better, but it is always a journey because here I am 11 years later and oftentimes, you know, out of the blue, I'll eat something that I've eaten, you know, hundreds of times before and it won't fit well with me. And so, you know, I still have long-term side effects. I'm anemic you know, malnourished. Most of us are, you know, most of us are vitamin B deficient, iron deficient, become lactose intolerant, but immediately following a, a, you know, a gastrectomy is an incredibly difficult time because some people actually aren't able to, to eat anything solid. So they, some people go through a period where they have to eat, uh, they're, they're being fed through a feeding tube a completely liquid diet and then they're you know then they go on to puree and then possibly solids but we're talking minute portions here we're not talking what you know the types of portions that we're used to normally here and so you know food is associated with everything it's associated with celebrations it's associated with family and socializing and friends and so when you're faced with the fact that everything you put into your mouth could possibly have an adverse effect. It really does. It really does alter the way you look at food and the way you take food in. It also causes weight loss, incredible weight loss for some. In my case, I lost 95 pounds, which is, you know, a person basically. Teresa Tiano is with us. She's chair and co-founder of My Gut Feeling, an organization based in Toronto that's raising awareness about stomach cancer in this country and elsewhere. Today is Stomach Cancer Awareness Day. Uh, We've been talking about Teresa's own experiences with a diagnosis of stomach cancer more than a decade ago. Uh, One of the things I've noticed from just watching different interviews with people who've had the same diagnosis is a sudden realization of how little is known about it and how few resources there are out there to help you when you are diagnosed. That's uh, definitely true. And when I was diagnosed in 2011, you can imagine there were none, absolutely none. There were no, uh, let's say, support groups. Whatever information you could find would, you know, be on whatever Dr. Google was at the time. It was very difficult to sort of connect with anybody who was surviving. And so, uh, luckily enough, I I connected online with Katie. Kofiotkova, who was 21 at the time, and she had been diagnosed uh, as well with uh, stomach cancer. She had just been finishing her treatment. I just was starting 
we became very much like our own tiny little support group. So we would, you know, talk through it because although I had an amazing support system around me, nobody really knew what I was going through. And so with that, we decided that, you know, we'd try to help other people because we didn't want others to be and feel so alone um, like we had. And so initially we did some volunteer work in the U.S., but then we really wanted to do something that really could help Canadian patients. A, the healthcare system is so different here, legal system, all those uh, types of things that we knew were definitely something that we wanted to make sure that it was the Canadian patient. And so in 2016, we started the organization and the mission of the organization is to support stomach cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers through peer-to-peer support, education, awareness, and advocacy. We have um, a website that is full of resources, everything from questions of the questions you should ask your health team to diet and nutrition uh, information. We have a, a number of little recipe books up there. We have personal journeys up there. We have links to different resources that could help you. And you just need to go to www.mygutfeeling.ca. And it's there. Uh, it's, it must be so important, though, because I know just even from personal experience uh, with friends and so on, a cancer diagnosis can be one of the most frightening, lonely things. Um, and you really need a support group. Absolutely. And uh, that was the main uh, impetus for us to, to start this. And the support groups are monthly, uh, every second Wednesday of the month. And we've been doing them since basically the day we became a foundation. And we're still the only one in Canada that's directed for uh, stomach cancer patients. And so, you know, we had to grow it because, as you said, there was no awareness And so part of what we are doing today is this campaign, which we started about five years ago, where we reached out to some of the um, larger cities here in Canada to see if their city halls or landmarks would light up in periwinkle blue to help us raise awareness for stomach cancer. We call it the hashtag is power of periwinkle. And so initially, I think the first year we had about six or seven sites, possibly six. And with every year, as we grew and we, you know, worked harder and reached out to more and more locations throughout Canada, and then we started to attempt some in the U.S. Today, in fact, we have 42 locations that will be lighting up in their uh, their version of Periwinkle because it is a bit of a tough color right. um, to match exactly. Uh, So we have 42 locations internationally, which is the first time that's ever happened. So we have, you know, about 30 locations in Canada, six or seven, something like that in the U.S. And then we have about six in Italy, including the Leaning Tower of Pisa, uh, the Wayne House Tower in uh, the U.K., and the clock tower in Venice, Italy. So you really feel like this is this is growing, right? That you're that you're getting support here for raising this absolutely, awareness. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? People are becoming um, much more engaged with the lighting, and now people even do it at home. They'll decorate, you know, 
uh, luckily enough, uh, Christmas is right around the corner. Mm. So a lot of people will decorate their homes in periwinkle um, and light up and take pictures. And basically what we ask people to do is to share their pictures on social media, tag us, you know, with at my gut feeling or do hashtag power of periwinkle and then we repost and we then put it also on our website and so it become, it's become this really great community oriented awareness campaign and so it's people who have lost loved ones people who are going through it people like myself who have survived it and you know they take pictures in front of these monuments or they take pictures with a, a poster or something periwinkle and they just share it and it's just um, really in the last few years, it's uh, really picked up. And this year, we're just so thrilled that A, we've received so much support throughout Canada, but now we're also seeing it internationally. And so the, the hope is to just keep growing it internationally so that people will one day have a better understanding of what stomach cancer is, or at least ask the question. And early awareness is always and er, yes, is absolutely. Always key. Early detection is key. Yeah, Teresa Tiano, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me.